Miss Deerhart reached into her bag and placed a thick sheet of paper on the table. This is a banker's note for $5,000, drawn on the Royal Bank of Ankh-Morpork. The lawyer smiled. A name to trust, he said, and added, traditionally at least. Do sign where I've put the crosses, will you? He watched carefully as she signed, and she got the impression he was holding his breath. There, she said, pushing the contract across the desk. "'Perhaps you could assuage my curiosity, madam,' he said, "'since the ink is drying on the lease.' Miss Deerhart looked around the room conspiratorially, as if the heavy old bookcases concealed a multitude of ears. "'Can you keep a secret, Mr. Blister?' "'No, oh, indeed, madam, indeed.' She looked around conspiratorially. "'Even so, this should be said quietly,' she hissed. He nodded, hopefully, leaned forward and for the first time in many years felt a woman's breath in his ear. "'So can I,' she said. That was nearly three weeks ago. Some of the things you could learn up a drainpipe at night were surprising. For example, people paid attention to small sounds, the click of a window catch, the clink of a lockpick, more than they did to big sounds like a brick falling into the street, or even, for this was, after all, Ankh-Morpork, a scream. These were loud sounds, which were, therefore, public sounds, which, in turn, meant they were everyone's problem, and therefore not mine. But small sounds were nearby, and suggested such things as stealth betrayed, and were, therefore, pressing and personal. Therefore, he tried not to make little noises. Below him, the coachyard of the central post office buzzed like an overturned hive. They'd got the turntable working really well now. The overnight coaches were arriving, and the new Überwald flyer was gleaming in the lamplight. Everything was going right, which was, to the nighttime climber, why everything was going wrong. The climber thrust a brick key into soft mortar, shifted his weight, moved his foot. Ah, damn pigeon! It flew up in panic. His other foot slipped, his fingers lost their grip on the drainpipe and when the world had stopped churning, he was owing the postponement of his meeting with the distant cobbles to his hold on a brick key which was, let's face it, nothing more than a long flat nail with a T-piece grip. And you can't bluff a wall, he thought. If you swing, you might get your hand and foot on the pipe, or the key might come out. Okay. He had other keys and a small hammer. Could he knock one in without losing his grip on the other? Above him, the pigeon joined its colleagues on a higher ledge. The climber thrust the nail into the mortar with as much force as he dared, pulled the hammer out of his pocket, and, as the flyer departed below with clattering and jingling, dealt the nail one massive blow. It went in. He dropped the hammer, hoping the sound of its impact would be masked by the general bustle, and grabbed the new hold before it had hit the ground. Okay. And now I am... stuck? The pipe was less than three feet away. Fine. This would work. Move both hands onto the new hold, swing gently, get his left hand around the pipe, and he could drag himself across the gap. Then it would be just... The pigeon was nervous. For pigeons, it's the default state of being. It chose this point to lighten the load. Okay, correction. Two hands were now gripping the suddenly very slippery nail. Damn. And 
At this point, because nervousness runs through pigeons faster than a streaker through a convent, a gentle patter began. There are times when it does not get any better than this does not spring to mind. And then a voice from below said, Who's up there? Thank you, Hammer. They can't possibly see me, he thought. People look up from the well-lit yard with their night vision in shreds, but so what? They know I'm here now. Okay. All right, uh, it's a fair cop, Gov, he called down. A thief, eh? said the voice below. Haven't touched a thing, Gov. Could do with a hand up, Gov. Are you thieves, Guild? You're using their lingo. Not me, Gov. I always uh, use the word Gov. Gov. He wasn't able to look down very easily now, but sounds below indicated that hostlers and off-duty coachmen were strolling over. That was not going to be helpful. Coachmen met most of their thieves out on the lonely road, where the highwaymen seldom bothered to ask sissy questions like...